Thanks for listening to the podcast of Hope Church in East Hampton, Connecticut. Our mission is to love God, love people, and serve the world. To find out more about Hope Church, be sure to check out our website at cthope.com. Uh, I'm excited to talk to you today. I want you to think about this question in your mind. Think about this question in your mind. Uh, What has had the greatest impact on your life? You say, whoa, Tom, that's a lot to deal with on Daylight Savings Time Sunday. I get it. I get it. All right. And maybe I've had a little bit more time to think about it than you, but I'm still going to put it out there anyway. What has had the greatest impact on your life? What is it that you think has most set your, your purpose, your heart, your course as you're on your life journey? I'll give you a second to digest that. Some of you might have something immediately come to your mind. Some of you are going to struggle. But my guess is that it wasn't an event. We've had some significant events in our life, for sure. But my guess is the most significant thing, it probably was not an event. Uh, My second guess is uh, it probably was not a book you read, although reading is absolutely critical to expand our minds to influence us, to take us on a journey, to take us on a path. But my guess is it probably wasn't a book that's been the most significant. Now, maybe again, maybe for some of you it has. But my guess this morning is that it was a person. It was probably a person whose life impacted you the most. People make significant impact on our lives for for good or for bad, right? Right? for positive or for negative. I could look back and think about the teachers that spoke into my life. I still remember them to this day. I remember as a high schooler, I think I was, I was probably a senior, when someone says, we want you to teach uh, in front of the whole student body, uh, we want you to teach a chapel service. I went to a Christian school, and we had chapel, I think, once a week. So they really took, you're an encourager, you know, you have this gift in you. Maybe you've had somebody in your life like that. On the flip side, I also remember significant people in my life that I don't have very great memories about. Uh, I remember one story in particular, and uh, I was probably five years old. So we're going back 20 years or so. No, but I remember I went to church one day, and I had just gotten this brand new Bible, and this Bible was literally like this thick. I'm not even exaggerating. Uh, It was one of those humongous Bibles. I was a little kid. It was bigger than my whole face, and so I I brought this in, and I was so excited because we had this children's uh, time where someone would teach us, And and so I still remember. I still remember the room. I still remember where I was sitting. I remember the lady teaching, and uh, she's starting to teach, and I'm trying to find it in my Bible when all of a sudden the Bible just went all over the floor. And I remember her yelling at me, kind of ripping me up. What are you doing being a distraction in the class? Why are you making so much noise? I still remember that 40 years later, people make significant impact on our life. See, we were made to do life with other people. We were created for relationships. Relationships are never one way. They're always two-way streets. And there are times where we need to talk, but there are also times where we need to just listen 
And that's how friendship works. And this is kind of what I want to talk about today. And this is kind of what we've been talking about with this Friends series. Today I want to talk about the process of mentoring. I want to talk about why mentoring is so important. Now let me just say this. The Bible never uses the word mentor. You will not find it one time in all of the Bible. But it does describe in great detail, many different relationships in the Bible that were mentoring relationships. Now, I don't know what comes to your mind when you think of mentoring. We probably all have some different pictures there. Uh, but I am sure, however we're defining it, it's, it's someone that has contributed, has brought a valuable aspect to the, a, a person's life, right? And so all throughout Scripture, we see this. We see Jethro, who mentors Moses. We see Moses, who mentors Joshua. We see Eli, who mentors Samuel. We see Elijah, who mentors Elisha. We see um, Naomi, who mentors Ruth. We see uh, Paul, who mentors Timothy. Elizabeth, who mentors Mary, as Carrie talked about recently. And of course, then there's Jesus. Maybe the greatest example of all of what it means to mentor as he walked with people around him, as he walked with disciples around him. Mentoring is the way of Jesus. Intentionally walking with. And this is the Tom definition that I want to use today. Okay, I didn't uh, go on Google or anywhere else to find. The, the, the definition I'm going to use for mentoring today is intentionally walking with. What is a mentor? A mentor is someone who is intentionally walking with someone else. Intentional. Positive investment in someone's life never happens unintentionally. It's always going to be a choice. It's always going to be a decision that you make to pour into someone. This could be a teacher. Many of you are teachers in this room, and thank God for you, especially in this season, right? Uh, some of you uh, may be ministers uh, someday, or a minister has had an inflict, uh, uh, impact on your life, and even parents, even parents. I'm going to hit the pause button here for a second. I want to talk about, well, I'm going to talk about that in a second. Uh, so intentional, walking. Uh, when you walk, you are going somewhere on purpose, always, Right? Even if you're just walking for exercise or for fun, like I did the other day, that's still walking with purpose. And your walk through life should be purposefully going somewhere as well. And like I said, we're never supposed to walk it alone. We need to be open to the invitation to walk with others. And that is the last one, with. Intentionally walking with. Together. Two-way street. Two-way communication. Mutual respect. Receiving and dispersing. Joining together for a common purpose. And so as we talk for a few minutes today about mentoring, I'm specifically talking about spiritual mentoring today, okay? I know that mentoring happens in a lot of different ways in a lot of different facets of life. But today, I am most interested in what this means for us spiritually as we seek to live out our mission, as we talked about earlier in the year, to love God, love people, and serve the world on a personal level. What does that mean? And we know there's two pieces of this. There's the act of being mentored, and there's the act of mentoring. The act of being mentored and the act of mentoring. So the first thing I want to look at today is why you need a mentor in your life. Why you need a mentor in your life. We would be fools to think that we have the skills to go through this life alone. Or that we have the answers to go through this life alone. Those of you who are parents of teenagers or 
very strong-willed toddlers know that this is absolutely critical. They don't think they need guidance or wisdom from someone else, but they do. Children need the hands of a parent to lift them up when they fall down. Children need the arms of a parent to hold them when they feel scared or when they're in pain. Children need the eyes of a parent to help them see the danger that lies beyond what they cannot see. Children need the voice of a parent to speak to them when they feel discouraged or when they need to be warned or scolded. And children need the heart of a parent who will love them no matter what the cost because no one but God is capable of loving them more. And so parents, this is where I want to pause for a second and talk to you. As I make this analogy of mentoring, I'm going to start right here because parenting is largely mentoring. Parenting is largely intentionally walking with your children you're making intentional steps to walk with your children every single day. Every single day. Check this out. Proverbs 22.6. Train up a child in the way he should go. Even when he is old, he will not depart from it. Deuteronomy 6, 5 through 9. Now, this is, this is that part I was talking about when we were reading through the Bible in that early part where God is giving all these commands to the Israelites. He says, commit yourselves wholeheartedly to these commands I'm giving you today. Repeat them again and again to your children. Talk about them when you're at home and when you're on the road and when you're going to bed and when you're getting up. Tie, your, tie them to your hands and wear them on your forehead as reminders. Write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. There's another passage he talks specifically to fathers and specifically to mothers. But this verse says, fathers, don't provoke your children to anger by the way you treat them. Rather, bring them up with the discipline and instruction that comes from the Lord. We have an obligation to mentor our kids. Now, teenagers, listen to me for a second. Listen to me, all of you teenagers who are in this room and who are listening to me online. You need people in your life. We want you to have people in your life. By the way, if you've missed the announcement, I'm going to say it right here, big plug for AY, who has a live event this coming week right here at the building, this Friday night, I believe 6 or 6.30. You could check me on that. You could register at cthope.com. But we do that. Why? Because we want to have positive influences in your life. You need them. As much as you think you might not, I'm telling you, just listen to me for a second, you need them in your life. In fact, the Bible says this, my child, listen when your father corrects you. Don't neglect your mother's instruction. What you learn from them will crown you with grace and be a chain of honor around your neck. Children, obey your parents because you belong to the Lord. This is the right thing to do. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise. If you honor them, things will go well for you and you will have a long life on this earth. Teenagers, we care about you. And we want you to take that seriously in your life. All right, so back to everybody else. We need more hands. We need more arms. We need more eyes. We need more voices. We need other hearts in our lives to help care for us and invest in us. And for all of these reasons, you probably need a mentor in your life. Here's a couple things that I wrote down that maybe uh, that mentors will provide for you. And I've alliterated them all as a good speaker does, right? One, affirmation. Affirmation. A mentor can bring affirmation to your life. Words speak life. 
Mentors can speak words of life. They can give confirmation maybe even to a call or a purpose that a younger person feels they might have in their life. And a mentor can bring that into the lives of those that they mentor. So affirmation, it's huge. Number two, accountability. Mentors can bring accountability to those they walk with. Every person needs someone in their lives that's going to speak truth to them in love. And while we're talking about definitions, that's basically my definition of accountability. Someone that is willing to speak truth in love to you. Someone you trust. And number three, answers. We need someone in our life for which we can admit, I don't know what to do. Can you help me out? Can you give me some wisdom? Can you drop some knowledge on me? Mentors can help provide that for you. They can provide direction. They can provide clarity and light to your path. So the Bible talks about bringing people into our lives in this way. And this is why I think mentors are important, that we need to seek those out in our lives. I'll talk about that in a bit. But whoever walks with the wise, Proverbs says, becomes wise. Whoever walks with the wise becomes wise, but the companion of fools will suffer harm. First Peter says, likewise, you who are younger, be subject to the elders. Clothe yourselves, all of you, with humility toward one another. God opposes the proud. He gives grace to the humble. So humble yourselves. You know what? When we have mentoring relationships in our lives, it's going to require a certain amount of humility. On both sides. Uh, Hebrews, a few verses. Remember your leaders who spoke the word of God. Consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. Catch that? Imitate their faith. Proverbs 13. The teaching of the wise is a fountain of life. Turning a person from the snares of death. And finally, Philippians 4 9 says, What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me. Remember those eyes, those ears, that heart. Practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. Man, in a time that there's not a lot of peace, and we feel like giving up sometimes, we need people in our lives who are going to affirm us and hold us accountable, give us answers, because it's going to bring some clarity to our path and some guidance from people who have been there before. Characteristics of a good member, uh, of a good mentor, someone you trust. Make sure you find someone you trust. Number two, someone who is grounded in life. You do not want someone who's kind of all over the place, is kind of trying to figure it out as they go. No, find someone who's grounded, who's demonstrated over time, over time, faithfulness to God and to other people. And finally, find someone who brings a different perspective than yours. Again, I'm going to talk about that in a bit. Um, I would say this phrase, don't just teach, show. We want mentors who are not just going to teach, but show. And so while we're on the whole friends kick, I thought this would be uh, an interesting uh, time to bring up. Um, if you are Friends fans, you might remember uh, the episode where uh, Phoebe is trying to teach Joey French, right? And I think I have a picture of that here. 
Those of you who don't, aren't familiar with the show, it's okay. Those of you who know, this is one of the most hilarious scenes in all this show. She's trying to, he just can't do it. Even as she's, he's looking at her mouth, he can't say the right words. We want to teach and we want to show. That's why you need a mentor in your life. But there's a second piece. There's also the piece that some of you need to consider. You need to become a mentor to someone else. And I'm really, really excited for this part, the second half of this message. I'm excited because I get to talk to some of you in this room who are older today. Some of our older people. And by the way, I'm including myself in this group, okay? Hope Church would not be what it is today without you. Hope Church would not be what it is today without you. Your steady hands, your loving arms, your words of wisdom, your acts of generosity. This church would not exist without that. Hope Church was built on you. And you've, made an, uh, you've laid an amazing foundation for what we have here. And unfortunately, in many churches, in Hope Churches, no exception, it might stop with you. That is the unfortunate reality. If we don't intentionally walk with, Hope Church is going to stop with you. And that would be tragic. We talk about here very openly, we want to be a church for young people. In fact, last year, that was our whole kind of focus for the year. We want to be a church for young people. We want to be a church for the next generation. And we do have a lot of young people here, but let me just say this. None of what I said at all is radical. Nothing about that is radical at all. Unfortunately, however, most churches are filled with older people, not younger people. You feel me? It's true. This might be a little different mold, but most churches are filled with older people, and that concerns me. That concerns us. We need to do everything we possibly can to be walking with younger generations. And there's a lot of reasons why we're losing young people in the church. And we're excited to maybe ex start exploring those together. Certainly it's been something on my radar for a very long time. But when we say we want to be a church for younger generations, I want you to listen to me very clearly. This does not mean, this does not mean we're not going to be a church for older people or that you are not wanted here, or that you are not welcome here. In fact, let me say this. I don't even think it's possible to be a church for younger people and younger generations without our older people. I'm going to say that again. It's not even possible to be a church for, older, for younger people without having older people in this body. In order for us to be a church for the next generation, older saints must mentor them. You must. You have to. We want you to. And we want to help you do that. I love this verse in Psalm chapter 71, verse 18. It says this. So even to old age and gray hairs, 
Someone complimented me this morning, by the way. She, I think it's a compliment. She's like, your hair is so gray. <laughs> it's true. It's true. I'm okay. I'll say silver, but I hear silver is better than gray. Uh, so even to old age and gray hairs, God, do not forsake me. Check this, check this phrase out. Until I proclaim your might. To what? To what? One more time, what? Another generation in your power to all those that come behind. If you're older, you need to take those words to heart. That we have a responsibility to intentionally walk with those who are younger. Now, there are significant people in this church who have done more mentoring and walking with than you could ever imagine. I remember the first person I met, I don't even know if he uh, remembers this, um, when I came for an interview here 20 years ago, the first person I met walking up the stairs was Tom Spooner. Tom Spooner is right now serving as our video person today. He's been walking with, he's been serving with the Alien Youth Team for 20 years. I appreciate that about Tom. He's been intentionally walking with. The first person to welcome me to my new office when I showed up on that first day of October in 2001, Milton Hallberg was there. Milton, I know you're not here today, but I'm going to look at the camera wherever the camera is. Thank you. Thank you for intentionally walking with. And I know if I asked other people in this crowd, you would say the same thing about Milton. This church started in his basement. They are still here. Still walking with intentionally. He calls me every week to pray. Some of you remember, might remember a man named Dick Sonicson. Does anybody remember Dick Sonicson? Some of you, yep. So, so, so listen, just to set this up, we had this really kind of awkward building um, early days of this church. Uh, so when I got here, it, what, it, what it was, it was a ranch house. And again, without going into the long story, and it, and it kept growing. So, like, so all these different like, pieces like, were just added to it over years of time. And so when you came into the church, you really didn't even know where you were going. Do I go up? Do I go down? What, whatever. So, so then it's this narrow hallway. So then you go up the stairs. And to make matters worse for those of people who are just not even sure what's going on here, and I don't know if I'm a church person, there's Dick Sonicson, and he is going to hug you whether you like it or not. But you know what I will say about Dick Sonicson? He was the biggest champion of youth in this church that I know. He called me out of the blue. By the way, I never put my uh, resume into, into this place. He called me out of the blue. There was probably maybe 30 people at the church at the time. And he's like, I hear you're looking for a job and we want to hire somebody. Uh, I, I granted an interview, but there was no way I was coming this side of the river. No way. People are weird. And, and honestly, honestly, I was, all of that was confirmed as I, as I came here too. <laughs> now I'm one of the weird ones. Um, but something in that room was different. 
In fact, I don't know if you know this either, but they hired me. I was the youth. I came as the youth director, hired me before they even had a full-time pastor. They had a pastor who came and spoke on the weekends. Because this church 20 years ago said, we want to be a church for young people. And it would not be what it is today. It would not be what it is today with people like Tom, with Milton, with Dick, and so many others of you who have walked intentionally along the way. So I want to say thank you today for paving the way for all these young families. And it can't stop. It can't stop now. We've got we've to have those teenagers. We've got to have those 20-somethings. By the way, we have three people working cameras today that are teenagers. Amen to that. It reminds me of this other Friends episode that I love where uh, Monica's boyfriend uh, was a lot older and th these guys started to really love him. So you can see Chandler started growing the mustache after him, right? I want to be like him. Great stuff. So words to those of you who are capable of mentoring. A couple verses for you. It says this. Now, this passage is actually spoken to someone younger but I like it because it tells some of us older people how we need to be. It says, teach the older men to exercise self-control, to be worthy of respect, and to live wisely. You have to have sound faith and be filled with love and patience. And teach older women to live in a way that honors God, not to slander others or be heavy drinkers, but teach others what is good, and they must train the younger women to love husbands and their children, to live wisely and be pure, to work in the homes, to do good. And be submissive to their husbands. Next verse. As a fellow elder, I appeal to you. Care for the flock that God has entrusted to you. Watch over it willingly. Not grudgingly. Not grudgingly. Not for what you will get out of it. Listen. I know sometimes we do things here that aren't necessarily your style and preference. But it's not about you. Because you are eager to serve God. Don't lord it over, but lead them by a good example. And Job 12 says, wisdom is with the aged in understanding in length of days. There is value to our older people, to our older saints, me included. One church leader influence sir, that I was uh, recently reading an article, he suggested this, that churches that don't have Gen Z people in primary positions of leadership, so if you're not tracking with that, it's probably age you know, 25 or 24 and below. He says, if you don't have them in significant positions of church leadership in the next five years, your church will be in steady decline over that time. That's sobering to me if it's true, and I do believe it. And some of you might have a little pushback about that, saying, that's, man, that's really young. Well, let me say this. I was 22 when I started working in church. And I'm grateful for the people around me who gave me that opportunity. So here's the main takeaway this morning that I want you to listen. You could write it down. It's in your notes if you're following along. But the main takeaway is this. Be like Jesus. Intentionally walk with. Intentionally walk with. Intentionally walk with.
Now, I can't say everything that I would love to say because this could be a really long talk or a long conversation about how we do that. You're not bad if you don't have that. I'm just trying to encourage something in your heart and spirit today, something significant that we need to be intentionally walking with people. We need to seek out people who could speak into our lives. And so as I conclude, I want to introduce you today to a couple of people who I consider mentors. And really, uh, I consider them friends, first and foremost. First and foremost, But these are people who have spoken significantly into my life. So I'm not just saying this, I'm trying to live it out. So first I want to introduce you to Roger. Some of you know Roger. This is Roger Martin. He's a former uh, lead pastor here at the church. I've had the privilege of working with him for a very long time, for many years. I don't know that I've ever had deeper conversations in regard to life or God than with Roger. What I appreciate most about Roger is his seemingly endless amount of grace. He has taught me how to be a more gracious person. He's taught me to become a more critical thinker. And I don't know if you know this, this happens to be Carrie's dad, if you didn't know that. So it's really cool that I get to have gotten to work with two generations of that awesome family. Next, I want to introduce you to Mike. Some of you know Mike. Some of you know him as the potter. He's been here many times. Mike has been an invaluable mentor and friend. We meet regularly every few months. Uh, sometimes more, sometimes less, uh, particularly given this season. Um, but he and his wife, Charlene, have cooked meals for us. Uh, my wife and I, we, they've sat down and they've prayed with us uh, on more than one occasion. They're people who love Jesus immensely. Again, if you know Mike, you know this to be true. What I appreciate most about Mike is the depth of his wisdom. I appreciate his candor with me. And honestly, I just love sitting and listening to him talk and listening to his wisdom and his years of experience. And um, he's provided more encouragement to me than I think he, he realizes. When I asked him for permission to even mention his name, he was, he was humbled by that. And that just, again, proves to me we need a mic in our lives. Finally, I want to introduce you to Daphne. Daphne is a true friend. Daphne is a friend I've met just over the last several years. Uh, she used to minister here in town. Now she is a minister in Massachusetts, so I don't see her as often in person. Um, but of all these people, I probably see her the most. We Zoom just about every month. What I appreciate most about Daphne is her unique point of view uh, we come from different faith perspectives, and so she encourages me on a completely uh, different level, completely different perspective about life and faith, and I appreciate that. She stretches me. She's patient with me and others. I've seen that in her with others. She's an encourager. She loves life, and it's obvious to all who come in contact with her. I love her heart for Jesus, and I love her heart for people, and every time we get together, typically we pray together. I appreciate Daphne. And so I'll just say this as I end. How about you? 
How about you? As we wrap up this series today, our heart is that you have people in your life that you're able to walk with and that will walk with you. Life is hard. Life is hard. We can't go it alone. The other night, um, in my life group, uh, it was really cool. I mean, all right, I'll just say it again. If I haven't said it a thousand times, if you have never been a part of a life group, you at least have to try it. I realize that some of you have maybe had some life group experiences that haven't been awesome. I apologize for that. Sometimes that happens. Sometimes you just don't get that right fit. But largely, it is going to be one of the most significant things that you can do at Hope Church. I just don't need to be clear about that. It's one of the most significant things that you can do to be part of a body, to be a part of a group of people, to be a part of a community. Because when you invest in other people's lives, there's something deeper. Listen, listen, you can't come to Hope Church, become Tom's a great speaker, because that's not the case. It's true. It's true. You could watch way better people online. You can. But what you miss is community. I'm actually excited for some things. Again, I'll put a teaser out there for this summer that we have planned. We're going to do some things a little bit differently, and I think it's going to be special for this church because it's time that we have to build community again. We've been absent for a year. And though we've tried our best, there's nothing like in person, okay? Let's just admit it. So the other night at my life group, um, we kind of do it so people could zoom in or they could come in person. And uh, we start at 6.30 and we end about 8 o'clock, sometimes 8.30. And of course, in normal, we're not really serving food or coffee much these days, particularly if it's a larger crowd. Um, but the fact of the matter is, got to stay behind with two people the other night at Life Group. And I think they were there until 11.30 at night. <laughs> um, that's, that's hard for me these days, I'll just say that. But I wouldn't trade that for the world. Able to speak life, to hear other people's stories. Listen, get connected. Find someone who you admire, who you trust, who you believe in. And give that mentoring thing a shot. And older people at Hope Church, I want to speak to you and say, I want to encourage you. You are a part of this going forward. We need you. So what are you going to do about it? Let's pray. Lord, I'm thankful for a message like this because it's challenging and convicting to me. I do not ever want to lose sight of why we're here and what we should be about. And God, we have too much. You've blessed us with too much to hold on to it for ourselves. We need to give out. We need to pour into. And so I pray that we would do that. God, I also pray for grace that you would allow us to find people in our lives that would pour into us, that we could just sit and listen, that we could ask and then we could be quiet. 
And God, I pray that you would lead us to those people. God, I pray for Hope Church, that it would be a community of faith that grows around you, first and foremost, but also grows in community. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen.